You are listening to the Brilliant Events and Venues podcast, where you learn about everything from unique ideas for attendee engagement to cool venues for hosting your events. Thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of the Brilliant Events and Venues podcast. My name is Shantae and I'm the project manager for Scavenger. And today we have a special guest on the show and her name is Natalie Lowe. Natalie owns and operates a destination management company in the Niagara region of Canada. She is celebrating 14 years in business this fall. Originally from Northern Alberta in Canada, Natalie has been in the hotel and events industry for over 30 years. She recently added a new job title to her resume, and it is Climate Crisis Event Coach. Listen in as Natalie shares information on how to be sustainable at events on the Brilliant Events and Venues podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to the Brilliant Events and Venues podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, I have a special guest, and her name is Natalie Lowe. Now, Natalie is going to share with us her superpowers. So, Natalie, welcome (laughs) to the show. Now, tell the guest your superpower, Natalie. Well, you know what? I I I was torn, but I think ultimately um, I thought my superpower was that I read a lot about everything. Um, I'm one of those people who, you know, can get lost in a library and come out hours later with 40 books. Um, <laughs> but I actually think my superpower is I am really, really stubborn. When I dig my heels in, um, there's just no going back. And... And I decided that that was my superpower based on how I parent. Um, mm. And, and um, we were recently at the Canadian Meetings and Events Expo in Toronto. And um, I had lassoed my teenager to come and help me. And, uh, you know, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry. And they said, oh, that's so nice. Did you come to ask your mom or to help your mom because she knew you knew that she needed you. And his response was very honest. He said, no, I, I just knew she wouldn't give up until I finally came. So I may as well just do what she wants. And, I like and that I, answer. I realized that it was absolutely true. I was going to pester him until he finally got into the car with me and came in and, and did it. Um, the key to handling that superpower is, you, you know, to, to, to steal an old country and Western line, you got to know when to fold them. Right. But, but that's really my strength is my, you know, my persistence, um, which, uh, which, which as evidenced by my teenager. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a more pleasant word, persistence. (laughs) And being stubborn, Nellie is not a bad thing. It's how we get things done. Somebody has to get it done. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's that, um, and, and, you know, like all, qualities that we have it it can be viewed as a positive or a negative right? right is that you know if you won't back down when you're clearly wrong 
you know, that's a stubbornness that doesn't get you anywhere. Um, and, and I like to think that I've been wrong so much in my life that I'm really good at saying, guess what? I was just wrong or I had it messed up and I'm a golfer. And I often say that I'm really good in sound in sand traps because I end up there so often. And (laughs) by, you know, same thing, I'm really good at apologizing because I can be wrong. So, so many times and it costs nothing, you know, but when it comes to things that really matter, mm-hmm. I think we shouldn't back down. That's right. That's right. I like that. So that that's definitely a good trait to have <laughs> is being persistent <laughs> and, and being stubborn. I like it. I like it a lot, Natalie. <laughs> I like to say mine is um, making events fun because I work with planners and that's just oh, that's yeah. what I do, you know, so I pretty much, I take your ideas and and sometimes some planners have some really out there ideas, but it's all related to our platform. So it actually, I take what they, that's kind of weird, like kind of like, like a magician. Like I take the ideas, work with our platform, and then we make that fun for their event. And then everyone wins. The attendees win, the exhibitors win, of course, the planners as well so absolutely yes. absolutely yeah a little bit of fun makes the work go easier you know yes. because we're trying to get we're trying to accomplish objectives and and I picked that up from you right away you know um, your ability to laugh really quickly and easily um, it, it makes a huge difference because we live in a world that's pretty fraught and if we can't have fun it's just going to seem like yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's going to make the whole event so much tougher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's why gamification is definitely why it's hot now. We've been doing this for 10 years, but it's hot now. And it's definitely something that's, that's needed um, in the events industry. And that's why we're doing it. But gamification is, it's across the board. I mean, everything from grocery shopping is gamified to banking is gamified you know, it's, yeah it's everywhere. oh yeah you know like you're always um and it's so funny I have um a dear friend of mine Betty Ann Shearer and we laugh because every time we go to a conference especially for event planners everything is gamified and Betty Ann cannot resist a game right she has to <laughs> chase the points and and I'm like you know I'll chase the points at the grocery store but you know here <laughs> and and you know it's usually a networking thing or or something and you know, obviously none of us are shy um, in, in our industry, but I think that really helps those people who do have a hard time. They, they sort of need a reason to approach that person that they don't know. So, um, yeah, I, I think that gamification is, is it's just part of what we need to do going forward for all our events. Share a little bit of information about what makes your events brilliant and and let us know more about the climate crisis event coach and how you tie that on to get all how do you tie that in together to the events well obviously I wear two hats at once right I'm um, a, a destination management company here in Niagara as well as more recently a climate crisis what what I've called myself a climate crisis event coach I think what makes my events brilliant is my ability to find the best fit for the client and the event experience. Um, But being a climate crisis event coach means first and foremost, I have to set a good example on the sustainability of my events. And so are we doing the best we can with what we have? I try to make a resource light 
but experience intensive event. We sometimes live in a world where we think if one is good, six are better, but they aren't. We can overwhelm our attendees with light and sound and food. In Niagara, we are a bit more laid back. We are known for Niagara Falls, but we are you know, the largest wine region in Canada. And I opt to choose quality and proper fit over quantity. And, and even to be honest, rarity or popularity. This means as a DMC, I'm always looking for the sweet spot for the client that will optimize the experience without waste. Specifically as a climate crisis event coach, I'm looking to see if I have found that optimum experience in a way that is gentle on land, people, and resources. And, and in truth, that means sometimes I'm coaching my client, sometimes I'm coaching my team, and sometimes I'm coaching the venues. I'm actually really curious now as it relates to the climate crisis event coach part of you. And when you're choosing a venue, like, is there something that you look for when, when you're doing your events and, and taking all that into consideration? Can you share some of that information with us? Absolutely. Um, I, first and foremost, I look for a great quality product and presentation. Um, and as a destination management company, I want a can-do attitude on customization and flexibility. My clients don't come to me so that I can offer whatever is already on the menu. But I also look for great sustainability practices and a dedication to the environment, which tells me that our values are aligned. Um, I hope it doesn't surprise you that my two favorite venues in Niagara, and they're both wineries, um, Ravine Vineyard, is absolutely one of my favorites. A very farm family ethos. Everything is made on site. Everything um, sort of works in in a in a nice circle. You know, the scraps are fed to the to the um, pigs, and you know everything's done right there. And the second one is um, yeah, it's a very very cool and family owned and has been in the family since before Canada was a a country. Um, so a lot of history. history there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really really a neat place and just a wonderful. The Harbor family are just um, great people. They they've contributed a lot to the local area. The the other one is actually from a, a design and. An event aesthetic completely opposite um, so vineyard uh, ravine vineyard is very rustic and homey uh-huh. stratus winery is very cutting edge and modern and avant-garde um, the french uh, winemaker really brings that ethos to his winery um, and the the couple that owns the winery have done everything from geothermal to, I mean, they were the first ones, their delivery vehicles are all electric. electric. So, awesome. you know, really um, a dedication to, um, to the environment. And, you know, Stratus started, you know, asking us to do things like turn off our, our, our vehicles and have a no idling policy 15 years ago. Um, they were so ahead of the, uh, ahead of the curve. Um, both make, fabulous wine, have incredible experiences, but again, have that extra step where they're really dedicated to the land. And wineries are farms at, at their core. And so they need to have that respect for the land um, where they where they get their product from. 
Natalie, that's interesting. I like that because like even with your clients, you can give them an option. If they want a more rustic feel, they can go with the ravine vineyard. If they like that, you know, modern aspect, then they can go with this, what's it called? Stratus? Stratus. Yeah. Stratus. Like the cloud Stratus. Oh, so okay. it's stratuswines.com and they're absolutely phenomenal to work with. Natalie, you shared some awesome information about the venues that you just shared. And what I'm curious to know about now is the problem um, and a solution and results. Like, what is it that sparked you to get into sustainability and start creating awareness and what you're doing with the climate crisis event coach title that you now hold. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and thank you for asking. I'm originally from a part of Canada, which is very far North. Um, so Northern Alberta and uh, about eight years ago, my hometown burnt to the ground. Um, 730 families lost their homes. There was $835 million worth of damage. Um, And the weird thing was it was a forest fire in May. We shouldn't get forest fires in May because the ground should be wet from all the winter snow, but we didn't get it. And the other thing that was very odd is that it was 30 degrees in Northern Alberta in May, and it shouldn't ever be 30 degrees in Northern Alberta, um, but it certainly was. And so that hot, dry um, forest um, caught fire and despite being on on the edge of the largest the largest lake in the province um, they couldn't stop the fire and um, so of course my family and my friends were all affected and it's not that they lost their home it's that they lost their home their neighbors lost their homes their entire neighborhood was gone and so people have to make arrangements um you know how quickly can you rebuild a town and so people move away and and it's never really the same and it really hit home to me what this might look like for us how deeply uprooted we could be by some of these climate events and you know so I started becoming very very eco-sensitive personally but then I was on a plane last year flying from Toronto to Calgary and I happened to notice that I had used a plastic glass for water and I I went to go work so I put it in the pocket in front of me and of course it cracked and then they came and gave me another glass and I sat there and I looked at this and thought okay there's about 150 people on this plane and we've each had two glasses Um, that's 300 plastic glasses that are going to get thrown out at the other end and right. how many flights and you know you just started to think about the the size of the problem and it, when i got off the plane i was actually going to uh, an event in edmonton called go west for planners and uh-huh. i started talking to other planners about it and and they cared but they were just so overwhelmed with their day to day and so time stressed when we looked at the options out there to determine how we become more sustainable, they were really big solutions. And, and by that, I mean, they required a week, um, you know, in a different destination or a commitment to, to huge amount of studying. And I just know from myself that it wasn't going to get done that way, not with the tools that we had out there. 
Right. Don't get me wrong. Great solutions, fantastic solutions. But it was sort of like I wanted a hamburger and somebody put a cow in my front yard. Right. Mm, I was like, this is is too much for me. (laughs) And so I I was already pretty tapped into environmental causes and I sat down for the next three months and all I did was read and watch and absorb everything I could get my hands on regarding the climate crisis and the events industry. Then I sat down and wrote what I would call a quick start or a boot camp for sustainability for event planners. So basically, if you have no time and your attention is spread thin, what can I give you to move the needle now? So everything you need to know in an hour to start making your events more sustainable. I reached out to everybody I could to ask them to review the course, to look at it. And then I started speaking and presenting on sustainability. And, you know, there are times when, you know, it's sort of like into the void and what's coming back. But now (laughs) I, I get texts from people, you know, last week an event planner that I've known for years sent me a text and she's, I walked into the lobby of this hotel and you wouldn't believe the black plastic. And I just laughed because they'd been to that hotel and they told me a hundred times, never even noticed. So actually starting this week, there are students at my alma mater, Ryerson University, in the meetings and conventions class. And they'll be taking my online course on sustainable events as part of their module for meetings and conventions. And I- awesome, Natalie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. And, you know, it's great because in a few years, these young people will be out doing what, what we're doing. My you know, my challenge to myself is to get it into the hands of people who are practicing now. How can we, because the problem is urgent. And I have friends who are working on, you know, human trafficking and, you know, um, all of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. There are 17 of them. They are all worthy. The problem is we don't do any events on a dead planet. We will plan no right. events on a dead planet. Right. And, and so I've made myself a commitment. It, it's what is the date today? It is September 19th. Actually, it's my mom's birthday. So um, a, a very auspicious day. But um, I have made a commitment that I will get a thousand people to take the course before the end of the, the year. And I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but I'm going <laughs> to use all that persistence and we're going to make it happen. And You know, it's so funny. People say things to me like, thank you for doing this. And I think that that is very sweet. But let me be clear here. I didn't call myself your climate crisis mom. I'm your coach, which Mm -hmm. means you all are going to have to do the work because this is a problem that I can't solve for you. If, If I become zero waste and nobody else does, we are going to move the needle. This is where Everyone needs to do their part. And, you know, tomorrow um, will will be a big day um, for all of us as the UN starts on their climate summit. And Greta Thunberg has talked about what can you do? And she says, the if you can only do one thing, educate yourself. Uh-huh. And so in addition to the course, we're actually going to be hosting um, a climate, a, a live event. Uh, it's called the Sustainable Events Forum. 
and on November 5th. So if you're around Toronto, um, you know, certainly uh, we, we'd love to see you there. But really an opportunity for us to come together as an industry in small pockets and start to take those first little baby steps. Because, you know, if my own experience um, is anything to look at, I started off small. And then the next thing you know, you give up your car and you go no plastic. And I don't know how it happens, but it, uh-huh. but it happens. <laughs> like a domino, you do one thing, yeah. you do something else or something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, but what I'm really trying to say to people is it's okay if you're not where I am, because I used to be where you were. Right. Um, I, you know, my Costco habit is sort of my last thing to, to kick. It's like I come home from Costco and I'm like, oh, the plastic. But, <laughs> but I love me some Costco. And, and so it's a matter of, OK, how do I help the things that I love, like events and event planners, move in a direction that's more sustainable for all of us? Right. And Natalie, you know, what's interesting. I did a podcast a few months back. I think it was episode three. I did uh, a podcast on sustainable events and it was right after Earth Day. And I, I will admit I was inspired because I started to do some research and then I just found some things and things you don't think about like and I think I, I didn't mention in the podcast, but I, I was when you think about sustainability, the first thing that came to my mind was recycling. You know, especially like Mm -hmm. at uh, conference centers and expos, you see the, you know, plastic and glass recycle bin, the paper recycle bin. But honestly, before I did my research, that's what I thought it was about. I thought it was just about recycling. But no, there's so much more to being sustainable than recycling products. And like you were saying, it's about using less. Like, let's really look at what we're using, like the example you gave with the plastic cups on the plane. You were just talking about one flight. Yeah. And just think about yeah. all the flights yeah. that take place, not just from your city, but think about the whole country. You think about America, yeah. overseas, just exactly. all the different places. Uh, a million flights a day is, is the closest to a good number that I came. So that means, what, 300 million plastic cups a day, oh, right? And some planes are bigger and some are smaller. So if you use that as an average, it's, it's a lot. And, you know, it, it's interesting. One of the things that I go through, because as planners, we're very linear people and, and sustainability is, is sort of a nebulous concept. And so what I tried to do was give some frameworks on, um, and, and so I took the three R's and you will note that recycling is actually the last one and they're meant to be used in order, right? Uh-huh. But we didn't. And I, I added a couple of R's to them. And the first one was refuse. What can you just say? We're not going to use that. We don't need it. And, and that's where, you know, I talk a little bit about where, you know, we're always worried about scarcity. We better order that extra food. We don't want anyone to go hungry. Well, uh-huh. when was the last time any of us came home from a conference and we were really actually hungry? Right. right? And, right. and you know, we have some really smart, very creative people in our industry. I have faith and I know that they have good hearts. You know, the um, Toronto chapter of uh, SITE, um, Society of Incentive Travel Executives, when when Slave Lake burnt to the ground, they fundraised to replace 
um, and, and donated to the fire station to replace the, the hoses for all of the fire trucks because the fire trucks were burnt where they stood. And, and I know that those people, you know, in our industry will, will do what we need to do. We just need to educate them exactly like what happened to you. Once, mm-hmm. once that door was opened, you can't, you know, they say, what is it, a, a mind once opened by a new idea, it, it can't go backwards. And we just need right. to educate ourselves and, 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 and help each other. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's just so important. And something when we had our initial conversation the other day, you said something about us being citizens of the planet. And we all live here. We all have our part to do even as an individual basis in the homes, in our businesses, and when we're talking about events, because it has such a big impact on the planet and with the plastic and the paper that's being used and just materials, some things are just not recyclable. Absolutely. Um, Right. Yeah. And there's some things that are, are, that are recyclable. You're looking at composting with the food that's left over, you know, compostable products, you know, so there's so much more that I didn't learn about until I did that research. And I was just really excited when you reached out because I'm like, yes, somebody who knows about this, who's in it, like you are in it. Well, you know, know, it's, it's interesting. You bring up composting. If you look, so all of this is generated from the IPCC report, which is the intergovernmental panel on climate change. And they started around 1987 ringing the bell and you know here it is 25 years later and or you know 27 years later and we're we're starting to listen um and one of the things that they've identified is how we draw carbon out of the the atmosphere and i've written you know some blog postings about it, it you know sort of the analogy between calories and carbon you know it, right now as a planet we're consuming too much carbon and not doing enough exercise, so to speak, or drawdown of carbon. And, and if you look at, there's an an organization called drawdown.org and they have taken the IPCC report. And in my course, I use them as the framework for finding right action. And when I talk about right action, I'm talking about you know, when you're sitting in your office at your desk and you know you really need to get that that list to the to the um, airline or to the hotel, but instead you clean off the top of your desk? Well, mm-hmm. cleaning off the top of your desk is not right action. And, and right. so when we get rid of the plastic straws, it is a good thing to do, just like cleaning your desk is, but it doesn't hit the crux of the problem. And so... If you look at drawdown.org, I use their analysis of the most effective actions in order to help each planner choose for their own event what things they can do. So of the top 20 items in the IPCC or in drawdown.org, eight of them are food related. They relate to how you procure your food. Um, which foods you eat and how you get rid of them. And it's interesting. I mean, the poor cows are getting a lot of blame for carbon um, emissions, but the truth is 75 to 80% of our grain crops are used to feed cows or to feed livestock. So you see where our food system is, is a little bit broken. And, and that's one of the more immediate effects 
But, you know, I think also we have to take some personal responsibility here. We had a guest speaker at a conference and he stood up and said, this is my 77th flight of the year. It was July. Wow. 77th. So if you look at the carbon emissions, I mean, there's a reason why Greta got on a sailboat. She was making a point. And a lot of people in climate action just don't fly anymore. Now, so much of our industry is based around flying to events. You know, the reality is maybe what we need to do is come up with a way of carbon budgeting, just like we have a financial budget. And we say, okay, if we all want to go to this beautiful destination, how do we offset our carbon usage? Instead, right now, we treat it like it's um, an ever-renewable resource. And, mm-hmm. and that's what's getting us into trouble a little bit. You know, I laugh sometimes and I just think our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers are just looking at us, shaking their heads, going, didn't we tell you? Waste not, want not. Didn't we tell oh, yeah. you? Use what you have, you know? It's- That's right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I don't think that I'm going to have every solution, but I think if I can, can get enough of our colleagues um, exposed to some of these problems, they will come up with solutions. Um, and, and that's what I think we all need to do. But everyone needs to do it. And it's, you know, my mom used to joke about um, uh, a reformed smoker. She said the people who cannot stand to see somebody else smoke is someone who quits smoking because they get all, you know, righteous about it. And, and so I try really hard never to judge what somebody else is is doing. And I say that over and over again, because we can't shame people about their practices. It goes back to, you know, another one of my grandmothers saying, if they knew better, they would do better. So let's help them know better. Right, which is where this awareness is playing a big part of that. Um, And by you doing what you're doing, and, you know, I'm going to share this podcast because I just think <laughs> I really like after that Earth Day podcast I did, I was like, it really opened up some things. And we had a client that we had did something for an event with them and they were so big on being sustainable. At the time, I didn't know, of course, we did what they asked. But after that, and I started doing my own research and I was just like, wow, this is this is really a problem here. Like, yeah, everyone should know about what's going on and the effect that it's having and how we can make changes. So this is great. This is awesome. Now I do want to roll, actually, before we get to that, I don't think you got through all of your R's. I think we went off on a tangent. (laughs) I I didn't, I didn't give you. Um, So um, the, the traditional three R's are um, uh, reduce, reuse, um, recycle. And I've added two R's to the beginning of that, which is refuse and replace. So it's refuse, replace, reduce, reuse, recycle. And those are, you know, my version of the, of the R's. And in the course, we use that as a framework. And, and I created a checklist where you can basically go through. So the last module in the course, I take you through a standard two-day event and we look at where we can replace things where we can refuse them where we can you know make changes and 
once you've gone through it a few times, it becomes like anything else. It's just a habit that you form. But um, I like the use of, of checklists and frameworks. And um, uh-huh. that that particular uh, checklist is um, is available on the course. And I'm, I'm going to offer all of your listeners, um, they can use the code SCAMVENGERHUNT. And they will get um, 25% off the cost of the course. So I will, I will send that to you and uh, we can give them the link and uh, the code. And uh, hopefully we can spread the word. Yes, I'm excited about that. Thank you so much for that. No, no problem. No problem. My pleasure. We're all in this together, right? That's right. That's right. Natalie, you shared awesome information once again about the what got you started, your driving force behind creating this awareness about being sustainable. Now, the question I have for you is, give us three things, just share three things with us that we can do now or that planners can do now to work towards being more sustainable at their events. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to lean on Greta Thunberg for the first one. And this, you know, very passionate, smart, articulate teenager says the best thing you can do for the environment is educate yourself on the facts. And I agree with her wholeheartedly. Um, there are plenty of great resources out there. Um, Drawdown. Great. Um, I also recommend to people that they follow climate activists or organizations on Um, social media. My personal favorite is actually a handbag company out of London called Charlie Feist. Um, Funny, warm, witty, great graphics. um, And and their their, um, information is spot on and educational. Um, Patagonia, an amazing um, American company that, that does fabulous work and has been doing fabulous work for years and years and years. Um, And you know, if you if you are so inclined, um, grist.org um, has a weekly newsletter and uh, you can follow them on social media. Um, and of course, I'd be delighted and honored if you took my course. Everything is based on the science and it's simple and practical and straightforward. I think the second thing I want you to do, and I'm going to give you two quick and easy things to do. Okay. Um, one is listen to your mom. Eat your veggies and have a little less meat and dairy. Um, it's livestock, which is causing a little bit of a, an issue. And I think if we move towards, you know, more plant-based, it, it alleviates a bit of the stress. It will not solve the problem, but it helps. The other thing that I'm going to ask you to be conscious of um, is to buy recycled products. It's great that we're recycling, but the problem, the reason why the recycling system is broken is because we don't buy it. So everybody puts their used stuff in the bin, but goes out and buys new stuff. And did you know that according to National Geographic in 2010, which is nine years ago, 27,000 trees a day are chopped down to make bathroom tissue. So please, 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 please buy recycled toilet paper. Ask your venues in your RFP, do you use recycled paper products? 
I use recycled paper products in the office, um, and I ask all of our venues. There, there is no discernible quality difference. But I mean, do those twenty-seven thousand trees a day really need to come down so that we can have bathroom tissue? So, in the course, I do have a section on questions you can ask in your RFP, and those are some of the little items that I think that you can ask. Um, so I, I think, you know, educate yourself, follow people on social media, um, you know, look at your food and, you know, a little less meat and dairy and, and then the paper products and paper products are an easy one. I think too, that there is a huge movement towards um, eliminating plastic products. And I'm going to tell you from a health perspective and, and I cover this in the course. Right now, we know that we all have microplastics in our bodies. So when we use plastics and they break down, they get into our water system and, and into our food. And so I think we need to stop as much as we can using plastic. Um, recycle whatever you can. But, you know, there's no reason in this day and age that we shouldn't all be packing a water bottle and a coffee to go mug and and, you know it makes me happy I go to my local coffee shop and they give me a deal when I you know use my own mug so Mm -hmm. you know there you go yes wow Natalie I'm blown away (laughs) (laughs) I have learned so much by just talking with you and and recording this podcast with you it has been awesome I'm just really excited and I know that people are going to want to know how they can contact you so share with us all of your contact info absolutely everything Uh, I have not been highly receptive to smoke signals, but other than that, I am on on every platform. So our website is sustainableplanner.ca, and my email is natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, at sustainableplanner.ca. The phone number in the office is 905-984-5725. I'm on LinkedIn as Natalie Lowe, and I'm at Niagara Nat on Instagram and Twitter. We also have Sustainable Planner on Instagram. And um, now that the sustainability items are taking off so much, I'm, I'm mostly active on Instagram under Sustainable Planner. But all of my articles and a lot of things that we've discussed, are um, my articles are listed on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Natalie. You have been a pleasure, very informative, and I've just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and all that you have shared. And I just, again, want to thank you for being a guest on the Brilliant Events and Venues podcast. It has absolutely been my pleasure. Thank you for your interest. Um, And I know that sometimes when we look at the challenges in front of us, it seems daunting, but I, I know that we will get through this using the creativity and the community that the events industry is known for. So thank you, Shante. Increase attendee engagement at your events with Scavengers game-based mechanics. Learn more at scavengerhunt.biz or give us a call at 800-975-5161.